Hey, it's Pastor Mike. I want you to stay all the way to the end of this episode to hear more about a great podcast from Time of Grace. And now on to today's episode. Uh, just think back on your childhood for a second. Do you think your mom got that mixture right between tough and tender? You know, between discipline and rules and you get what you get and you don't throw a fit and the compassion and the kindness and the bending over backwards to express her love to you. You really need both of those things to have a functional home, a great childhood, and really to grasp the very definition of love itself. If you're taking notes in your program today, here's why. I often tell people in premarital counseling that this is God's definition of love. Love is doing what is best. It might be tough, it might be tender, but love always is asking the question, what is best for another person? And all you good moms out there, I think you get that. I mean, if you're only tough, if there's no snuggling and cuddling, if there's no complimenting or expressing affection, you, you probably raise a kid who's going to bust out and rebel against your rules the first chance that they can get out from under your roof. But if you have only tender and there's no tough, if it's all come here, it's going to be okay. And bulldozer, helicopter parenting, you know, let, let me get you a Band-Aid for that boo-boo even though you're 17 years old. <laughs> like, you're, you're raising a baby <laughs> who will not be prepared for actual relationships, a real boss and the real world, right? The, the best mixture of love is both tough and tender because love does what's best. Now, what every good mother knows, every good Christian does too. If God is love and if Jesus was love walking on two legs, if you're going to understand a good relationship with a father in heaven, and if you and I are going to have good relationships filled with love on earth, then we have to recognize that same balance between tough and tender. Some Christians think they're pretty loving, but they're just kind of tough. They love thumping their Bible, quoting the commandment, tell people that they better turn or they're going to burn. But if you're just known for being tough, well, that's, that's not exactly love. But if you're a Christian who's only tender, who expresses love and compassion, sympathy, empathy, who walks with people who say, God loves you just as you are, but, but you never call them out, challenge them, or hold them to biblical standards, well, that's not what Jesus did. And therefore, that's not the best definition of love. Every Christian has to think very carefully about how they balance those tough moments in conversation and those more tender ones. You know that the police in the community have a hard, hard job. They sacrifice so much of their time and energy and safety. But, but you also know that the police are not perfect. That there's too many stories that happen too many times. So what do you do and what do you post? Are you tough with the imperfections of our culture? Are you tender with those who serve? And you can think of a hundred more examples, right? Your, your niece comes out as bisexual. Are, are you tough? Are you tender? You don't like how your spouse is spending money? Are you tough? 
Are you tender? What do we do in those real-life situations where, where both are true and how do we balance them? Don't you wish that you could open the Bible and God would have an answer to that question? Like, God, I know that both are important. What do I do in this moment right now? Is there like some, some recipe in this book for how many cups of tough and how many cups of tender? And the answer is, uh, kind of. And that's what I want to share with you today. Did you know in the Bible's most famous paragraph on love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, God says a bunch of things that are pretty tough and he says a bunch of things that are pretty tender and they are not equal. And today that's the message that I want to share with you. Now, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to put your programs down and your pens down because you're going to have to vote with me 16 times. I'm going to ask you over a dozen times, do you think it's tough? Right? Like this, capital T, timeout, we got to talk about this. Or is it tender? Is it softer? Is it gentler? Tough or tender, 16 points. You ready for this? All right, let's do it. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul said this. You can find the words on the screen. He says, love is <laughs> it's patient. Oh. Wasn't that agonizing, you modern Americans? Five seconds of silence. I'm dying right here. Love, love is patient. Um, the Greek word for patient means it takes a long time to bubble up. Like a big pot of water on a hot stove. It doesn't bubble up instantly. It takes a long time time and loving patient people are willing to slow down, drive in the school zone, and do life at a pace that communicates love. When your two-year-old is taking about 15 minutes to tie shoes, to get ready for church, when, when your spouse is about three minutes late doing their hair and makeup before you want to get out the door, when you end up in aisle three with a trainee who doesn't know how to look up the price of cilantro, love doesn't twitch or itch or reach for the phone because love is patient. So let's vote. Do you think that sounds pretty tough or pretty tender? Yeah, for sure. That's one vote for tender. All right, number two, love is kind. Uh, love is thoughtful. It's caring. It's nice. A loving person is the one who comes during that stressful season at work and, and just gives that quiet compliment that means the world to someone. It's the person who puts the date in their phone six months after the funeral to follow up when a grieving widow is really in need. Love is kind. So, tough or tender? Yeah, I think so too. Two to zero. Number three, the Apostle Paul says, love does not envy. Uh, love doesn't pout when other people get the praise. You might have tried out for the team and she got the spot. You might have interviewed for the job, but she got it instead of you. You might have wanted the attention, but now everyone is laughing at him in the lunchroom. But Christian love does not want a monopoly on God's blessing. It wants you to be happy as much as it wants me to. And so if you get the praise, Praise God. Let's vote one more time. Tough, tender. 
I think so too. Three to zero. All right, let's do four and five together. Love does not boast. And number five, love is not proud. Uh, Love doesn't share the stats. It doesn't thump the chest. It doesn't humble brag. Instead, love says things like this. Yeah, it, it was a good report card. And I never would have gotten it without a great teacher. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet goal. But what you didn't see before the highlight clip was the assist and the coach and the parents who drove me to practice. Yeah, I've been pretty successful in life, but if it wasn't for a a thousand people, it never would have happened. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that is pretty impressive, but if it wasn't for God, I could not do a single thing. Love isn't puffed up. It's not proud. What do you think? (laughs) I give that two more votes for tender. It's a runaway so far. How about number six? Love does not dishonor others. Uh, Love doesn't want to embarrass anyone. It cares not just about what is right or my own rights. Love wants to make sure you feel right after this conversation is over. Love is cautious in the comments section because I honestly care about your reputation once today is said and done. Sound tough? I think pretty tender. Seventh. Love is not self-seeking. Myself, I'd, I'd prefer this and I would choose that and I'd go this way, but it's not about me. It's about you. So, honey, it, it means a lot to you when we text during the day, when we say little sweet things, when we put away the screens and close the laptops and just connect when we come home and talk about our days. Man, you know, maybe that's not my thing. But it's not about me. It's about you. You're not big on, on physical touch, but you know he likes it when you hold his hand or rub the back of his neck or, or make love. Might not be the top on your list, but love is not self-seeking. It thinks about the other. And if I had to vote, I'd say, <laughs> incredibly tender. <laughs> Number eight, love is not easily angered. Uh, love has a keyboard And the caps lock does not work, which sounds pretty tender. (laughs) Number nine, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love is the opposite of a cancel culture. When people sin and they're sorry, it opens their arms wide and it doesn't bring it up again unless it essentially has to, which to me does not sound very tough. It sounds pretty tender. Ah, but then we read this. Love does not delight in evil, number 10, but it rejoices with the truth. Now, I'd give a couple votes for tender if that passage says, love rejoices with your truth. Like, whatever you think, I support you. Whatever you want to do, I'm behind you. But that's not what Paul wrote, is it? He says, love does not delight in evil. If you are doing something that God calls evil or sinful, I can't delight in you. Love does what is best. And if you are doing what God says isn't best, I can't click the little thumbs up. I can only celebrate, I can only affirm, and I can only applaud lifestyles that line up with God's definition of love. 
And if you don't like that, it means you're living your truth instead of his truth. So what do you think? Tender? Not a chance, right? It's pretty tough. But then Paul moves on. He says in number 12, love always protects. This word is actually a little bit difficult to translate from the original Greek, but if we stick with the translation protection, it really implies protecting something from danger. Right? If you're on the offensive line and the blind side sack is coming, whew, protecting the quarterback is tough. If you're in middle school and all the other girls are picking on one of your friends, standing up to the popular kids, it's pretty tough. When people are protected, it feels very tender, but the actual job of protecting someone, if I had to vote, would be a vote for tough. Home stretch. Uh, 13th and 14th, the apostle says, love always trusts, and then he adds, love always hopes. Love says, shh, It's going to be okay. Be still. He's God. I I just trust. I know. I believe he's going to get us through this. I have hope. There's a good future. So let's just take a deep breath, calm down, and put our trust in God. And it's not just my tone, I hope, (laughs) but the words itself that imply two votes for pretender. And then finally, Paul says this. Love always perseveres, description 16, and love never fails. The Greek word for persevere means to remain underneath a pressure or a weight. Think of it when you're squatting. Your legs are burning. Last set, you don't want to do it. You want to throw the weight off. When you persevere, you stay under it until the job is done. You don't quit. It's, it's like the last round of one of those high-intensity interval training workouts. You ever done one of those? Where you, you just hate life and you're angry and you're moody and you're sweating and you could quit, but you don't. Love always perseveres and love never fails, which sounds like two votes for? For tough. All right. You still awake? Yeah? Still with me? 16 descriptions Paul crams into this essential paragraph And if you asked him, Paul, is Christian love tough or tender? He would say, yes. And then if you pushed him and said, well, Paul, how tough and how tender? He would say, "Mm." by my count, it was five toughs to 11 descriptions of tender. Love does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth, always protects, always perseveres, never fails. That that feels pretty tough to me, but love is patient. It's kind. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That feels very, very tender. For every one time, love is tough. At least two to three times is pretty tender. So grab your pen and your program. I want you to write this down. According to the scriptures, love is tough, And tender. (laughs) Love is tough and so tender. Now, what does that mean for our daily lives? Uh, Before I say amen, 
you've done a great job sticking with me so far. I want to give you just three takeaways. As you think about your relationships and your families, your significant others, your next door neighbors, your bosses, your kids, your whoever, there's three things that God would love for us to take out of church today. Here's the first one. According to God, tough does not equate to hate. Do not equate tough with hate, which is what everyone does these days, right? When someone calls you out, when someone gives you tough love, when mom says, I love you, but no, when a pastor or Christian friend says you can't, that's not hate. When someone opens a Bible and rebukes you, please do not quote Taylor Swift. As soon as it gets tough, you're a hater. I thought you were my friend. I thought you loved me. I do. And God says that love has to be tough. If you take off from every church, every relationship, every friendship where someone has to have a tough conversation with you, please know this, you are walking away from love. Because according to God, love is tough. I know those moments are difficult. I I know all of us would rather not experience them. But to be biblical love, it must be both tough and tender. So I have some scary homework for you today. Uh, I want you to ask at least one person, ideally three, if they're scared to talk to you about tough things. If you're dating, if you have a boss or some employees, your brother, your sister, your whoever, parents, I would love for you to ask your children this. What's it like to talk to me about tough things? I think you'd learn a lot about you. And I think after the tough part was done, you'd end up with a lot more love. You're welcome and enjoy. (laughs) Number two, here's the second point we can take away from this Bible teaching. Tend towards tender. Yeah, love is tough. Yes, Christians take the side of the truth. But according to this definition, for every one time that happens, a whole bunch of times, we should tend towards tender. Uh, Did you ever hear about that study back in the 1970s uh, where a couple of researchers were trying to figure out which couples would stay married and which ones would eventually divorce? Um, Here's what they did. They got a couple in a room and they timed them for 15 minutes. And during those 15 minutes, the couple had to talk about some issue that was a source of tension in their relationship. And the scientists started the clock, they observed, and at the end of the 15 minutes, they made a prediction, is this couple going to make it or are they not? Well, nine years later, uh, the the researchers followed up and it turns out that they predicted correctly over 90% of the time. So it makes you wonder, what? What made them guess this or that? Here's the answer. They were specifically tracking how much tough 
and how much tender couples brought into their conversation. Every time there was a tough moment, like an interruption or an accusation or a raising of a voice or an always or a never. And every time there was a tender, that's a good point. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I see what you mean. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. And they found that the married couples who made it weren't equally tough and tender. They were about one part tough to five parts tender. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not easily angered. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love trusts. Love hopes. And love never fails. Finally, this is my favorite part. Write this down. God is tough and God is so tender. Uh, There's a beautiful Bible passage that says God is love, which means sometimes when you read this book, God will be tough with you. He will call you his kid, but he will not let you run his kingdom. It's his will, his kingdom, his glory, his plans, his truth, and he ain't changing his mind about that, not for me and not for you. That's pretty tough. But oh my goodness, for every time in this book that God calls us out, he is so tender. Some of you, I think, tragically grew up in churches where you didn't hear much of that. It was the commandments, the expectations, do this, the repentance, a little bit of heaven, a whole lot about hell, But when you actually read the Bible, you meet a God who is so insanely tender. Um, Last night, I was was tucking my baby girl into bed and uh, I was giving her snuggles and kisses and I said to her, Maya, do you think God loves me more than I love you? And she said, oh yeah. She said, God, compared to God, Dad, your love, your love is like this. I'm like, no, that is impossible. I love you so much. I'd take a bullet for you. I'd do anything for you. I'd almost clean your room for you. Like, uh, my goodness, I, I love you so insanely. She's like, Daddy, God loves us so much more. And she's absolutely right. Because God is the kind of God who tends towards tender. He, he is so patient with us, right? I mean, day after day, Sunday after Sunday, we struggle to do the right thing, to change our ways. And God is so patient. And he's so kind. He always protects us. When the devil would accuse us or those negative thoughts pop into our head that we are unloved, unforgiven, unworthy, Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh. You want to get to my brother, my sister? You got to come through me. And he's the risen, almighty, powerful son of God and nothing gets through him because he persevered. When it was painful, the son of God didn't shrug off the cross. He hung there and he would never fail you because God is love. He is so tender. 
He is so compassionate. We sing sometimes in church, God, our sins are many. But do you remember the next line? But his mercy is so much more. God is tough. But if you know him, if you've seen him, you know that he is so tender. Friends, believe that. God will call you out like a good parent. And he will hold you and love you and treat you better than you ever imagined. Let's pray. Oh, Father, um, thank you for revealing yourself. There's so many philosophies and religions and ways to, to see the divine in our world, but no, no one says this. No one says that there is a God who keeps no record of wrongs. No one preaches grace that is so amazing it separates sin from us as far as the East is from the West. The gods of human invention are just tough and a little bit tender, but you are the flip of that because you are our Father. I pray today, Lord, for faith for everyone who grew up in an oppressive church. People who were just threatened and controlled and commanded, but they were never led to the cross of Jesus. To know your true heart, God, is to love and accept and forgive and protect people forever and ever. Help them to believe that this is what you are really like, despite what they have been told. And then, Father, give us your spirit. There are people that we are going to see this week who are messy. And to be honest, they deserve some of our toughness. So fill us with your heart. That we could at times be tough, but infinitely more, we could be tender. Restore, Father. Reconcile. For couples who have been too tough on each other, may their families be different in the days to come as they understand what love really is. For parents and children who have been separated by time and distance and sin, God, use this message as a seed that may not fix things today or tomorrow, but a year from now, things could be different. Heavenly Father, love can change the world and you tell us exactly how to do it with a little tough and a lot of tender. We pray all these things, Jesus, in your beautiful name. And all God's people said, amen. What is love? That's kind of a complicated question. Is love the tender side of us? You know, the compassionate, supportive, I'm going to walk with you and not judge you? Or is love kind of tough? Correcting you, calling you out, caring about your choices and your future because I, I care about you. And which of the two, tough or tender, do you choose and at what time and with which people? And that's why you and I need Jesus. Jesus, who is the God of love, knows exactly how to combine tough and tender in the perfect way. And that's why I want you to get your hands on my brand new book called, What is Love? We're going to follow Jesus and listen to his words and try to figure out that right balance with tough and tender as we receive God's love and show that same love to others. Uh, you're also going to find within it a Bible study by Amber L.B. Swenson. You might know her from her podcasts and writings with Time of Grace. Amber is going to give us a crash course on biblical love so that we can love people biblically and wisely and very practically in our day-to-day -day lives. What is love is our way of thanking you for your financial support. Request yours when you give by calling 800-661-3311, visit timeofgrace.org, write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53201.
Hey, thanks for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. I promised you a quick look at another podcast from the Time of Grace team that I think you're really going to like. It's a really great, honest discussion about the Christian life from Amber L.B. Swenson. But rather than listen to me talk about it, here's a sample clip from Amber herself. Enjoy, and I will see you next week. In fact, all throughout the Bible, we see how God uses what the world would probably consider to be a throwaway. I mean, you can just go through the Old Testament. Moses, he had murdered someone. Gideon, he was hiding in a wine press. Jacob, who had tricked his brother and his father, had to run away, had to flee, got tricked into marrying two women. That's who God used to produce the 12 tribes of Israel. That. You mean to tell me that the Savior's going to come from the prostitute Rahab? It's all throwaway. God used so many throwaway people. Because God doesn't see people as throwaways. He never sees people as throwaways. In Isaiah 43 verse 1 we read, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Do you know what that word redeem means? It means to buy back. So I don't know what you've done. I have no idea what's in your past. I have no idea what comes to mind when you close your eyes and you see the word shame. I think we can all conjure up some things that we've done in our past that we wish we wouldn't. But you know what? This much I know. Uh, Jesus buys you back. And I do know this too. One of Satan's really good tricks is to try to convince us that Jesus' blood paid for everything except what you did. And that's a lie. And when I realized that all that is is a lie that takes away from Jesus and his sacrifice, I said, no more Satan, no way. Hey, this is Amber. Thanks for listening. You can search for Little Things anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts.